0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So, get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert, and award winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Horsing Around on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining us. This week, we have a very special guest, Frederic Pignon. Frederic is best known for his work in Cavalia, the famous equine theater production that has toured around the world since 2004. He and his wife, Magalia Delgado, are the authors of the book Gallop to Freedom. Frederic will talk to us today about how he developed the incredible bond with the horses in the show. We'll be right back with Frederic after these messages.
0: Why the long face? I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back
1: to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia. And today we are talking to trainer and former star of Cavalia, Frederic Pignon. Welcome to the show, Frederic. Hello. Hi. We're, you're Thank talking you. to us from France, so that's very exciting for us. We never spoke yes. to a guest in France before. <laughs> <laughs> for those listeners who never saw Cavalia, can you describe the show?
2: Yes. So, Cavalia is, uh, for, for us, was kind of a message uh, about the relationship we can have with horses. So, when we created it uh, with uh, Normand Tourelle we really wanted to show everybody how um, the horses and humans can can work together and can work in a in a good side. I mean, uh, it's uh, if we understand a horse, it's much easier for him to be with us and to and to be part of our life. So, um, so cavalia I think is a little this, uh, um, but it's a show. So, of course, there is music, there is lights. It's it's a beautiful show. I, I think even the people who doesn't know about horses, they will enjoy a lot because it's really a, um, full of uh, a lot of things. There is acrobats, there is horses, there is dance, there is music, there is uh, images. So it's a very complete show. And I think it's a concept about um, horse show we never saw before. I, I really think it's a very complete show. Uh, and And we can really see the the um, the bound and the how we can say the relationship be- between horses and humans
1: now you and Magali are retired from Cavalia. the show is still touring but um and Magali's yes. sister I understand is um is in the show now
2: N- not anymore she she oh, came okay. back friends, yeah
1: oh ok but the show is still out there and uh, it's yes. touring how did you and Magali first get involved with Cavalia?
2: oh we we were looking for uh, um uh, a producer, and Norma and his side were looking for artists uh, with horses. And then I saw, I think he saw uh, some tape about uh, our work, and then he decided to to, to contact us. Uh, so we, we meet him, but it was a little strange. We meet him, meet him a little by Hazard uh, in, in Nîmes. And then uh, when he spoke about what he would like to do, we said, oh, it's Perfect. We really enjoyed the idea, and when we spoke about what was our dream, he said, "Okay, so let's do something together." And and then the story started like this. It was like uh, you know, like a dream come true. So <laughs> it was mm-hmm. very exciting.
1: Is there a connection with Cavalia and Cirque du Soleil? Uh, not
2: really, because uh, normal was uh, worked like. 20 years ago I think with Sig du Soleil but then uh, then he, he, he worked he, he worked by his own so so it's not very related but we can say that the you know the Sig du Soleil type um, yes. was very uh, was very involved in, in the in Cavalia it's, I think it's uh, when we saw with Magali in uh, Florida we saw Lanuba from Sig du Soleil and and we re- Wanted to do this kind of show with uh, with horses, and uh, so then we contacted C'est du Soleil, but they didn't want to work with horses because their rules is not working with any animals. So um, mm-hmm. so then we by chance we we met uh, Norman be- because he has the same idea, He's working with uh, acrobats and uh, uh, everything around uh, uh, du Soleil idea, we can say. So it's not really related, but it's very inspired
1: by. Okay, now one of the most incredible aspects to Cavalia is the liberty work you do with the stallions. For people who haven't seen the show, Frederic is out there with as many as six stallions at the same time, working with them at liberty. Can you tell us about what you did with the horses in the show?
2: You mean uh, what? What was the the act? Yes. yes. Okay, so the the idea is um, to show how we can play, how we can be together with the horses, and uh, and then doing some exercises uh, together. But uh, but the main story was really about the horses. This was very funny because at the beginning it started like a normal act, you know, like you want uh, the horse doing this and that. But then the people realized that the, the horses lack actors, so they really can uh, create their own show. So it was very funny to see how they they, they can do what they want to do sometimes, and sometimes mm-hmm. they don't want to do this. But So then they give you something else, and, and this created something very special. And my horses are really like my friends. So, you know, sometimes they say, no, you know, I don't feel good to do this uh, why don't you ask me this and then he does something else <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's very funny because they're really uh, you know they, they don't want to when when one is uh, tired to work for example he just let me know oh you know today i'm tired so just ask me the minimum and uh, it will be perfect so it was really every time like playing with this what do you want to do today and sometimes they did very fantastic show and sometimes they were not that that (laughs) happy to work so so this gives something special and what was very interesting is to see how the people can observe this and can uh, really uh, feel the horses almost speaking uh and and this was a very story about um about them and me on stage and uh yeah I really enjoy doing shows with them because it's uh, just showing how we how we we work or how we play every day at home so mm-hmm. so it's not really you know it's we we try to do something different than circus style we can say it's not asking them doing tricks it's it's more asking them doing something with me and 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 by pleasure and by uh, the the horse can uh, can create can uh, it's, it's, you know every every show is different because sometimes the whole say oh today I would prefer to do this so yeah it was uh, it was diff- very different with what we used to see
1: right and that was uh, I saw this show several times and that was really obvious that the stallions pretty much they had a sense of humor i mean you could definitely tell that and sometimes they were messing with you and uh uh-uh. but what's amazing to me is that when you have so many stallions together at liberty and you don't it sounds like it was more of a cooperative effort rather than you being in control and dominating them is that true
2: yes you know it's because and i think because they're stallion it gave me another way to work with the horses because when you work with geldings or mares, to submit a mare, it's much more in to the maybe strongest one or to the the one who has a big and strong character. But when you work with stallion, it's a little difficult because stallion in nature they used to to have conflict. They never want to accept uh, so easy to be dominated by mm-hmm. by somebody else on another horse or other people. So then. I, and in my philosophy of work, I never wanted to dominate my horse. Uh, I really want them to 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 accept or to you know to enjoy what I ask them to do.
1: How did you, without you being say you know the dominant herd leader, how did you keep them from fighting?
2: Yeah, this is the very difficult part <laughs> with talent. <laughs> It's yeah. something, uh, and every day, I mean, it's it's never simple. Never. Uh, e- every day you work with a study and it's a new adventure because every day, like yesterday, for example, one of mine, uh, he was so good the last month and yesterday he started to, to fight with the other one and I don't know exactly why, but I know that sometimes the other one said something with his eye and it's very, mm-hmm. very subtle. So working with studying, it's yeah you have to, to be the leader in some way to say okay today I decide. So mm-hmm. you have to be like the father, you know the father is deciding for the for his boys and say okay boys today we do this. So I decide to do this, but then you have to do it very you, you know very subtle because if you say okay do that and then if the horse doesn't want, then he gets. Very anxious, and, and mm-hmm. then he can get very aggressive. So, right. if he's not with you, he's with the other one. So, when I want to keep those stallions together, I really have to keep them very quiet and very out of stress uh, because we know that stress is, is giving uh, aggressivity to a, to, to a horse and more a stallion. So, mm-hmm. it's very, very um, interesting work we have to do with the horses. Uh, keeping out the stress, trying to calm, very relaxed, and accepting everything you ask him without uh, effort you know uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so I-, I think the fact the Australian ge- give me a uh, uh, everyday um, it 's like every day you are v- you are bad you 're not good enough to work with the Australian. <laughs> <laughs> every day you have to say okay let 's try to to do something else so let 's try this so or uh, if I try this, if, is it working better? So so it's so difficult. And every day, like yesterday, I was a little depressed because you can work month and month. And then one day, your host says, no, it's not good. <laughs> try something else. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty difficult. But then when it works, it's for me, it's beautiful because the the, the stadion has something special to give. I mean, he has a lot of energy and he has a lot of charisma. So... So then mm. it gets strong but but to arrive at this point of work it's
1: it's a I wonder too, like uh I like to um, study wild horse behavior and I know there are bachelor uh, bands that okay. form in the wild. I wonder within those bands if there's a hierarchy where one of the stallions is is the leader um and maybe that's the position that you've taken. Uh
2: yes, more or less, but but you some you have to create something else in their relationship because, for sure, you're not a horse, and they know you are not a horse. And mm-hmm. and if you if you are a horse, the the if you are working, for example, with a young one, then one day you can say, okay, now I'm to be the chief, and then he could right. attack you. So I really have to know I'm not a horse. I'm, I'm a human. human. I don't want to, and they know this. It's not exactly, you know, it's it's funny because. It's not that simple saying, okay, in the nature, it works like this. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we have to copy a lot what exists in the nature, and we have to copy and read a lot what naturally a horse says or a horse does. But then it has to be clear between him and you that you are human. And, for example, if, if there is a mare around, you are not fighting for the mare. <laughs> you don't care. Right, the mare. right.
1: So you they know, don't see you don't as a rival.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, he, he, yeah, he doesn't see, and he never has to see you like a rebel. So it's something you have to create between him and you. Like we are a couple, a strange couple for for him, because it's not. I'm not a mayor, not a, not a student, I'm not a girl, I'm, I'm just a human. And then what could we do together, and how we can create this relationship together? So it's really something you you have to, you know, the, the horse understand that we have to create something new. And Mm -hmm. they are very flexible for this, pretty flexible for this, I think.
1: Okay, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about the way you develop this incredible bond with the stallions. So we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Why the long face? (laughs) I reckon Horsing Around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail, so park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm
1: your host Audrey Pavia, and today we are talking to trainer and former star of Cavalia, Frederic Pignon. Frederic, tell me, how did you develop this bond? Is there, can you put it into words?
2: Yeah, so I I can try, but you know this, I think it's. The more difficult thing is to put in word the the work we do every day. <laughs> the bad thing is to see that, that I try. The first thing yeah. we have to work on is the respect and uh, respect you between uh, you for him and him for you. So when f- I, I prefer to work uh, pretty pretty uh, uh, early um, with a horse. If he's uh, one, two, or three years, it's perfect. If you work with a horse, he's already Nine, 10, 11, ten, eleven—it's getting more difficult. But, but then if you work uh, early with a horse, third thing is to say, okay, uh, like as I say, we are we are um, together, and then let's let let me explain to you how I can be with you, and so to create this special bond, first I think it's, you have to have a lot of experience with horses, and I could say now by. Experience and maybe in, in fifteen years I will say something different. But for now, what I know, it we really have to uh, to to read to to how it is to to understand what the horse wants to tell you, and this is the difficult part, part of working with a horse because he's not speaking, so you never know exactly what what does he feel, uh, what does he want. Uh, if he's anxious, or if he's good, or if he's not happy with you, so you really have to 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 do a big effort to to read this, to understand this, and once you start to understand a little bit more, and then after that you can tell him that you understand a little bit, then he gets your best friend, and this is very funny to see because sometimes I work with young horses, they don't know humans, and. Um, and he's, he, he looks at me like, uh, uh, who are you? You're a stranger. What are you doing here? And then little and little, I say, oh, I'm Fred and, uh, and everything. So just by little movement, by little things, and uh, and now I'm I'm sure, I, I didn't, I was not like this uh, two or three years ago, but now now I'm sure we can almost read uh, just the thing, you know. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. But it's something <laughs> special sometimes. It's, or maybe it's so little, so subtle uh, details, then you arrive to to understand pretty, uh, pretty precisely what the horse thinks, and this is very important. When I work with a horse, first most of the time I can spend half an hour just trying to to be in how we say that in English. I don't know. To be inspired by the horse, you know, just mm-hmm. to, to to receive the the special waves. I don't know what is it, but I, and now I'm I'm much more. It's much easier for me to to read and to to understand the horse. Sometimes and even I I can know what's happened before with the horse. So this is very funny. Mm, I I
1: know what you mean. It sounds like you're talking about uh, what we call animal communication, where you're able to almost read the horse's thoughts and feelings.
2: Yeah, and this is a very strange feeling, and this is, I think we developed this working uh, even more on this way, you know, because when I was young, I was sure we could read. So, because when I (laughs) I was, I don't know, maybe uh, nine years old, I... I, I learned at school that we can read. Really, uh, I mean, the the, the brain. Is, there is like electric uh, little things on the brain. So mm-hmm. I said maybe if I can be connected to to my horse brain, then I can maybe understand what I see. So right. <laughs> I try. But so this was, I think, was is a goal of my life. But then now I'm um, more than 40 years and. All, and and then I, I start to understand that it's not that stupid, you know. We can maybe arrive, and and some horses help me a lot. Like Templado is the horse, is the one who helped me the most to, to, to understand this, to to work on this uh, on 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 this uh, subject, you know.
1: Is there anything you can recommend to ordinary horse owners on how they can develop a bond? I mean, I don't think it's possible for most people to develop the kind of bond you have with your horses, but I think it's there's something really magic going on there. But is there any advice you can give to those of us, just regular yes, horse think, owners?
2: Yeah, I think the, the the thing we have to really um, uh, work on is to observe the horses because we never observe enough. And when I say observing, most of the time say, yes, okay, I see. Yeah, but seeing it's not enough. <laughs> observing mm-hmm. it's asking a lot of questions in his head, so saying, so why does he it, does it do this? Why um, is he looking at me like this? You know, it's because you, you ask you a lot of questions, then you, you start to, to maybe understand something, a little things. So observing, it's for me the more important thing. And when you want to know your horse, you don't n- have just to ride him every day. Maybe some days you just have to let him on the paddock and observing him a lot, you know, and because knowing his horse, it's knowing in all situations you can. So uh, when you go on, you know, when you go on a jumping show or, or when you go on, on on trail, you have to, every time be connected with your horse. I see so many person, people, uh, riders just being on their horse and having a lot of habits So sometimes good, sometimes not that good and and they, it's like the the they are with the horse like um, fatalist, I don't know if the, the name is okay but you know just to say okay I used to do like this, I used to be like this, I used to so my horse used to not going on the on the trailer easy. We never have to accept what the use is. You have mm-hmm. to you, you have to every day say okay, why does he do this? And now I can maybe resolve my little problem, even if it's a little problem. Because for me, everything, every stuff we do with a horse, start by by a little piece, a little details. Uh, so I think this the way. This new way to be with the horse will change a lot, and it's funny because I have a lot of uh, good um, uh, uh, critics about the book we 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 write with, write it with uh, withfal and um, and a lot of people say that say okay it's, it's good, but not because you, we, we don't want to give a lot of technical things, but just maybe the way to think different is helping the people to be different with the horse. And a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, it helped me to be, to do this, or it helped me to see maybe to to have another eye, maybe to have another idea of of our relationship with the horse." Because you know, to, the fact to be every day with him, sometimes we don't we don't realize all the the little defects we do with him. So uh, I really think the the fact to be just different, to think different, to say, "Okay, everybody said that, but maybe it's not true." So. <laughs> We can try something else. This right. is already a good step.
1: Well, you brought up the book, and I want to talk about that. And I thought maybe we could talk to uh, Magali about Gallup to Freedom. Is she there? Can yes. we talk what? to her?
2: Yeah, she's here.
1: <laughs> okay. Hi, Magali. It's Audrey. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hello. I was wondering if you could tell us about Gallup to Freedom. Um, tell us about the book. What What is it about, and um, how did you guys put it together?
3: So the, the book is um, uh, is not a, a technical book where you learn, you know, a lot uh, how to make that exercise or that one well or uh, different exercise, but it's more about uh, our philosophy in general. And uh, it's more about uh, what the horses. is um, teachers since uh, uh, years and, and years, you know, and so we took all the um, uh, experience from uh, Templado, from Dao, all the, the, the very charismatic uh, horses we had in our life, and uh, because they are like our mentor, you know, that, mm-hmm. those horses. And um, it's about uh, that, you know, something uh, very, um, something you learn with the time, just to pay, spend time and years with your horse and uh, just to. Um, to understand your horse, just to read your horse every day, just the fact to live with your horse every day, that teaches you a lot. And the book—it's about everything, uh, you know—in um, the in the same time.
1: And there's um, a lot of beautiful photographs in the book. Mm-hmm. And there's some photographs from the show. And for people listening who may not have seen the show, you're a Grand Prix dressage rider and most of your work in the show was on horseback. Mm-hmm. And there's photographs of you and Frederic riding, you know, just on your farm and, and in the show. And then there's some incredible photos of the horses on the beach in Malibu, mm-hmm. California, when you guys were out here doing the show. Yeah. What was that like, um, having those stallions loose on the beach in Malibu?
3: Oh, that was a, a sort of very nice experience, you know, to, uh, just to trust your horse. Uh, the fact that I rode, uh, Dao since years and uh, I, uh, I, uh, break him when he was a baby, you know, with, when he was young and he born in my family farm and that, you know, make a, a really close relation with my horse. And, um, the, the fact just to ride him free without anything in the mouth, anything on the back, and just to take the risk, you know, maybe he can run away, maybe not. And so that, that's so great to have that feeling on the horseback. And, uh, because he's able to do in that time what he wants to do. And yeah. it was so funny because I really felt the connection we had by, uh, the, his back, you know, and he was so powerful, cantering and cantering faster and faster. I can hear his um, feet on the, um, on, on the water, you know, and was was great noise and uh, very powerful noise and um, just you feel in that point the horse really loves you and he stay with you and because he loves you. Because yeah. Dao is a stallion, he already braid many, many times and um, is really powerful. And if he wants to run with me on his back without anything on the mouth, he can run because he has a very strong neck and he can pull. And and uh, I'm just flying, you know, uh, beside him. But uh, he, he didn't do that. And it was so, so great to have that feeling. My, my horse was in connection with me and I had just a feeling to just understand what's happening in his head, you know. And when Mm -hmm. I stopped him at the end of the beach, we were both smiling. And I can (laughs) see he was also so so happy. (laughs)
1: Right, right. Well, you must really trust him to have done that.
3: Yeah, and also for, for the show, the show is the same, you know, when you, you're you in front of 2,000 of people with a horse with nothing on the mouth and with the applause, the music and all the, the noises and um, uh, all the tension around and the horse is just with you and um, if you train him with just passion and love, he's going to be with you during all the acts, you know. If you mm-hmm. don't... <laughs> you are really in trouble <laughs> yeah, I bet. and that that's a really big difference. you know the the way we train the horses they enjoy to be on stage, and mm-hmm. uh, as a rider, when you are in their back, you really have the feeling that the horse appreciates to be with you and for mm-hmm. me that for me and Fred, I mean we are doing that job because we like and we love so much the horses, so that's the most important they have to enjoy to be with us.
1: Yeah, well, the work you and Frederic have done with these horses is just inspirational, and everybody I know, every horse person I know who's seen the show is just blown away by it. I mean, we just can't—it's—it's magic. It's definitely magic. Unfortunately, we're out of time. That's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank you and Frederic for talking to me today. Yeah, it was really an honor, and I'd like all the listeners to take a look at the episode notes page on Horsing Around. We'll have a link there to Frederique and Magalie's website and more information about Gallup to Freedom. If anyone out there has any questions or comments about Horsing Around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until next time, happy trails.
0: Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin', galloping good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.